Hi, everyone. I'm Heaven. I'm Schmacy. Okay. Schmacy Gray. Yo, do you know that a white person called me Macy Gray yesterday? Literally every day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even look anything like her. I kind of do. I believe that fate has brought us. You don't. Yeah, I do. You're ridiculous. Pay it off by I look more like her than you do. Probably. But neither of us look like Macy Gray. I don't want you to accept some white person seeing a black person with an afro and being like, hmm, Macy Gray. Word. I try to say goodbye. Thank you, white person. And this is another round with Heaven and Macy Gray. Yes! <laughs> Today we had the privilege of speaking with the very talented Emmy Award winning Ooh. writer, director, comedian Jordan Peele. So between the three of us, we have several Emmys. Emmys. <laughs> and a Peabody. How many Emmys has he won? I don't know. You know his sketch comedy from Mad TV and from being one half of the comedy duo Key and Peele on Comedy Central. Um, he's making his directorial debut with Get Out. Get Out, right now. Not the, the song by JoJo, me. Tracy. Oh. <laughs> I just, I can't not sing that song whenever I think about the silence. So he has an, a new fun social sort of horror thriller situation Whoa. called Get Out that mm-hmm. is about a black man coming home to his white girlfriend's parents. And horror ensues because white people are fucking terrifying. What, what we've been telling y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you want to listen to us, maybe listen to Jordan. So here is our conversation with Jordan Peele. And just a brief note about spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to operate under the assumption that you haven't seen the movie. And then there's going to be a little portion at the end of the interview where we're like, oh, my God. Because we have to talk about the ending. Listen. Um, neither of us enjoy horror movies. Not at all. She listens to a lot of like true crime shit. Okay, I feel like that's, that's not... basically a horror movie, but worse. It's yeah. not. It's yeah. not the same. No, it is no, the same. No, no. The, the true crime shit, the CSI as well, this is like the way like middle America gets their horror. You know, there's some fucked up shit. There's a lot of fucked up shit. Out there. But for some reason, you know, with certain, certain packages, mm-hmm. it's more palpable. Hmm. I feel like I don't enjoy horror because I'm already a super anxious person. Yeah. Like, why should I recreationally experience these anxieties? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but as a consumer of not horror, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's yes. cool. Yeah. Fun. It was so fun. Funny. That's what I, you know, one of my favorite comments, people saying like, I'm, I don't like horror. I don't like getting scared. Right. Like, I don't fuck with it. But. But this one. This one. Some, no. I think I can handle it. And it is. It's like. The, the, the cure for what kind of sucks about horror movies, <laughs> yes. for me, is like going to see a horror movie with a big group of people. Mm. Yes. Where you, everyone, you could yell at the screen. You can yeah. you can just experience it together. It's, it's communal. It was excellent communal yelling at the screen. It felt like a church movie service. watching. <laughs> it really felt like a church service. Because <laughs> like everybody would be like, Lord, don't go in there at the same moment. Mm-hmm. And it was just like. This was is like, the first time I was at not Magic Johnson Theater. <laughs> oh, my God. And people were yelling at the screen. <laughs> see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go in cut. Incognito. Incognito. I will allow it. <laughs> to the Magic Johnson Theater because, yeah, I have to see how, how a black crowd experiences oh my God. this movie. People are going to throw their children at the screen. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's like, what? No, take them. <laughs> Levante. <laughs> go with, go with Jordan. One. <laughs> so you're a fan of the horror genre. Yeah. What was the movie that made you fall in love with horror movies? You know, there's a lot of them. 
Uh, the Exorcist. I don't know if you guys have seen The Exorcist. Nope. I've not seen The Exorcist, but okay. I've seen the knockoff, Abby, the exploitation <laughs> film. Oh, my God. Very recently. Wait, what See, is Abby? I missed that one. It was so bad, y'all. The <laughs> coolest thing about it is that it was filmed in my hometown of Louisville, Kentucky, which never happens. But it turns out that Abby was so much of a ripoff of The Exorcist that when mm-hmm. it was in theaters, the actual people who made The Exorcist were like, you cannot legally do this. And they had it pulled from theaters. You they actually pulled it? You can't yeah. call out a exploitation film as being a rip off that's like unfair. you know what that's like Bram Stoker suing Blackula oh. like it's like you can't right, can you just right. let us have our version just let us live <laughs> anyway so anyway. I have to say that I've seen a version of The Exorcist oh, oh, not The, 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 the Shining Exorcist. did I say The Exorcist uh, you said The Exorcist mm-hmm. okay well yeah. I meant The Shining <laughs> oh, so this whole conversation is it's gone smooth. okay cool, you know, cool. Ex- that's what editing is for <laughs> <laughs> The Exorcist is very scary because it's like it's clinical it's weird it feels real mm. that's oh. the other part of it for me it's like as a person who is like in the therapy system and in the mental health <laughs> in system. the therapy system mm-hmm. you know? yeah. you're in the it's therapy like, system that's one way to call it that, I like it from you know now on saying, yeah. Yeah. I partake in the, the therapy experience <laughs> I dip my toes as a, <laughs> a dabble a dabble, a dabble. <laughs> but it's like some, some of the horror movies feel like oh what if you were for pretend sake like a person who had mental health problems that suggested you were experiencing these things it's yeah. like I'm, I'm good on I'm my good. own yeah. <laughs> I got it. I got my own. Yes, I got my own personal shining going on. Yes, every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is a little bit different because there are a lot of social anxieties that I think a lot of people can identify with in the movie. Mm. I mean, basic shit like I have definitely asked someone, "Have you told them I am black?" Before yes. meeting their parents, even their friends. Wow. Doesn't have to be a generational difference. Yeah. Did did you pull from life for that? That that has happened to me. That was you know, I by by the time I was dating Chelsea, uh, you know Full yeah. disclosure, Chelsea Peretti is uh the sister of a one Jonah Peretti. Mm-hmm. Who is yes. the owner of BuzzFeed.com? Yes. Owner and founder, CEO. And we also follow each other on Twitter. And she <laughs> told me once she likes my lipstick, so we're best friends. And honestly, yeah. I didn't want to bring this up like right. Well, but I feel a way that I was not invited to the wedding. But I mean, oh, well, we'll get, we can talk didn't about it. Didn't y'all elope? Yeah, we did. We did. We still, we, we still, we, we should have, like, we should have thought about it. No. <laughs> they yeah. should have thought about Tracy. That's um, all I wanted. That's all I wanted. By the way, Chelsea texted me and told me, like, I, I have to do this podcast. Oh, so. good. She is your friend. She is your uh, supporter. Uh, In the interest of staying um, transparent, Mm -hmm. I kind of harassed a few people in your family to get you on the show. So she was very very nice and accommodating. Mm -hmm. So speaking of blaxploitation, which we did a minute ago. Mm -hmm. I I got it. I got got it. it. Uh, One of the things that I loved about this movie is that I felt that I was watching a like a new age black exploitation film. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this had to be what it felt like for audiences of black people to watch Superfly. Mm-hmm. Just like slapping white people everywhere because it was <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. what I love about black exploitation movies is that you have this group of people who mm-hmm. are oppressed, voiceless and just like all of these helpless social situations, mm-hmm. you know, which we kind of are in now. But when you get into the theater, right, mm. then you have an opportunity to see us as the victors 
finally, like mm-hmm. when I was watching this movie, I was like, Chris is doing this for the culture. <laughs> yeah. He is doing this for everybody. And also, I loved it. Like in the end, like everybody was cheering, everybody was clapping, everybody right. was just Yo, like, our even white people. Was hype. And I was like, look at y'all empathizing with black people. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. Man. This movie, you know, had sort of two desired effects. Mm-hmm. Besides just being a, an experience, everybody can like go and we can all cheer together. Mm-hmm. But you know, I wanted to give representation to like the loyal black horror movie fan base who comes out time after time and doesn't have doesn't get that representation. Yeah, oh, we get killed in like the first five minutes. We get killed, yeah. <laughs> it's like we don't, we don't get our skin in the movie. We don't get our perspective mm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we, don't we don't have get, a voice. We don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big part of it. And then, you know, the other thing is like, I, I think the power of story is really, is, is a profound thing. Maybe you get white people coming to see this movie and for uh, 90 minutes, they're seeing through the eyes yeah. of this black protagonist. And they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're not being told what that perspective is. They're mm. feeling what that mm. perspective is. They're going through it. Right. And that that to me is like, that's the missing part of the conversation mm-hmm. it is experiences where you can go and feel and empathize. Yeah. Not, yeah. not just be dictated like, you know, this is this is what it's like. Yeah. You know? It also, I think, spelled out and made, um, made physical and real the kind of fear and terror that black people live with every day. Right. It's just and like it's, everyday horrors that you think about. Right. And it could just be like, you know, I'm walking down the street in a white neighborhood. I'm terrified right yeah. now. And your average white person is like, what's the problem? What was that, Tracy? What's the matter? That's your white, that's your white, that's your Caucasian voice. Hey, there's nothing, nothing going on here. Nothing going on here. You're saying, you're so Skip to my loo. Yeah. I can play Skip to my loo on, on my guitar. I don't oh, want to talk yeah, about it. What? No. no anyway, here's Skip to my loo. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and now Skip to my loo. Parentheses, my darling. Skip to my loo. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. But, but. Um, and, and it also reminded me of the way that, like, when you are dealing with like a mood disorder, like some mental illness issue that nobody Again else with can you guys. see. Again. It's kind of a we theme a of the show. <laughs> We're very upfront about like all the That's things good. that are wrong with us. But it's kind of like how we always talk about like people don't believe in, in illnesses that they can't really see. So yeah. when you're depressed, it's like, oh, just exercise and you'll feel right. fine. It's like, actually, motherfucker, there's like some brain chemistry shit here. And I feel like with white folks, it's kind of similar. Like they can't see, like they don't experience this particular fear. So for them, it's like, you know, it's all in your head. You know, you just need to be, like, open or whatever. But this movie, like, made it real for them. They were like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. This is actually a problem. Like, they're actually physicalizing danger. Yeah. Do you, did and you I test this it. movie out in front of white audiences and black audiences? I tested it with, with mixed crowd mm-hmm. and, and really found from the, from the get-go that it was a, a combined experience, mm-hmm. you know, even if there were some differences. I mean, genuinely, white people that go to see this movie are going to be woke to sure. an extent. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, but uh, but still, like you know, I, I think it, it it appealed to everybody on a similar level or a mm-hmm. similar amount. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, one of the the inter- you know talking about like therapy and and whatnot, and you know, there's a big theme in this movie is this idea of getting hypnotized or being in the mm-hmm. a, a psychiatrist's chair, which is you know partially playing off of you know for me playing off of the a sort of a stereotype of generalization, but that the black community, you know, hasn't exactly embraced mm. therapy as a means to get to, you know, 
No, that's real. It's turmoil. like turmoil. religion is where my family talks exactly. about. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Religion's where you it just goes. Need to pray, girl. You just which need is to pray. which is, you know, a perfect a, a very valid way to do it, sure, but sure. it's it's um there is this fear that I wanted to play off of here of just like, yeah, we don't we don't I don't know about anybody fucking with my head. Yeah. type shit. Have you ever done hypnosis? I've never done hypnosis, but um, Catherine Keener did mm. in preparation for this. Wow. And, um, like she was hypnotized? She was hypnotized. What? She, she taped it and she showed it to me and we, we learned a lot from... What, what was on the tape? Oh my God. It was, it was, no. it was cool. I mean, it was <laughs> Yeah, cool. also hell no. Nah. That was the part of the movie where it's like, see, I wouldn't be in that situation. See, I would, I would <laughs> excuse you myself. <laughs> I would never be hypnotized by a nope, random white woman nope. in the woods. <laughs> you know, I mean, like that. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah probably, you know? Yeah. But, um, he didn't have a Choice. Well, part of the other thing about this movie was like, you know, black horror movie fans, mm. um, as well as most horror movie fans, it's like the worst thing that can happen in a horror movie is somebody does some stupid shit that nobody would do. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't do in that right. situation. So I wanted this movie to work for them. So I, I, I made sure, like, when he's in those situations where you're like, come on, brother. Come on, brother. Don't, <laughs> what you doing? What you doing? What you doing? Come on. Come on. Come At on. least I would bake in, like, the reason. Mm. So you know, like, look, this is his, this is his, possibly his future mother-in-law. She's asking him to uh, right. yeah. it's awkward. sit down. What are you going to do? You can't just be like, nope. I don't want to sit in your Ma'am, chair, Ma'am, hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah. He was put in a really uncomfortable situation and then sort of, like, let it lead him to where he was. Yeah, and it's also a situation where, like, no matter what you do, you stand to be criticized, you know? Like, oh, you don't want to let this white lady in the woods hypnotize you, what you had, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and also you want to make a good impression and you don't know how they're going to read your decisions and it's, I can't think of a more uncomfortable way to spend a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. This is, you know, like, like guess who's coming to dinner I think it plays to you know it definitely plays to in black fears but there, there's a universality in the the fear of your of meeting your in-laws for the first time and not <laughs> yeah be, real or, yeah very real <laughs> and like whoever you are that's that's how I'm um, guess who's coming to dinner worked and I think like mm-hmm. resonated so so much with you know um, a mixed audience because it really it was it's so, the entry point is yeah. is in some ways, universal. Mm. What was meeting your in-laws for the first time like? You know, I'm. Um, they they they're both very um, wonderful, interesting people. I met them, you know, separately. Uh, Wait, were you the were you the first black person in their family? Is that a weird question to ask? Like, no. were you the first black person to come home to their? Family? I think that's a valid question because yeah. so my friend and roommate Nicole was going out on this day with this white dude, right? And the white dude's brother is married to a black woman. So the black woman was like, oh, show her a picture of me so that she knows. So she knows what? Yeah, so that she knows yeah. that there's like already a black woman in the oh, family. And so like, you know, it's that like, was like a, yeah. it's cool. This what? white man has already been tested. Yeah, <laughs> he's a, got the approval of one. Sometimes yes. there's a black person that introduces this, the rest of the family. Right. This is the this is the, the central question in right. the right. movies. It's right. not right. a weird question. They, yeah. Right, thank you, Tracy. You're right. Thank you, Jordan. Yes, <laughs> no, not a weird question. Not a weird question. I mean, because the, the fear is that like, look, I mean, Today, there's, you know, the odds are just as great that you yeah. could get a, a cool family, which which I got luckily, mm-hmm. as you might get, you know, a family who's like, mm, okay, not in my, <laughs> not in my backyard. People do actually say not in my backyard. Not in my too. backyard. Which is the nimby. corny shit. That is some corny shit. <laughs> it's crazy. But it's even even when you know mm. that the, the, the family is cool and woke, there's still this feeling like, oh man, am I going to get like, even if I get like a flick. Of, I know. Yeah. 
realization in their eyes, it's going to bum me out for the rest of my life. Yes. That's it, right? It's like, I, I don't even want that. So um, I used to feel so anxious about meeting my white friend's parents. Really? Yeah. I didn't, like, it's, I'm a great kid. I was a great, mm-hmm. I'm sure. I was a great kid. I'm sure. I bet you were. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. <laughs> it's a delight. Not anymore, but I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I felt so anxious, and I, I would ask myself, like, what is, what is the thing I am so scared of? Yeah. I just don't want to have that moment where I realize that yeah. they didn't realize, and then I they have to adjust somehow. The adjustment. That's I don't the, know. I don't want to see the adjustment. I don't want to see the, like, yeah. eyes it ruins look everything. at me like... And right. look, this is and, not what I expected. And yeah. sometimes, you know, it, sometimes you'll you'll meet them, and there's there's not even a there's not even a, a flicker. Right. There's not even a flicker. Mm. Sometimes you'll meet them, and there's this little hesitation. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, all right, well, this is what we're doing. Okay, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it, it, it's this weird, like, justified paranoia. Yeah. This, this state w- w- that we're we're living in. And um, you know, I say justify because sometimes it's, it's straight up right, and then other times, you know, maybe you know, maybe I'm looking too hard. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, it's hard to uh, the 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 general state of unease mm-hmm. is yes. what I wanted the family, the the audience coming into. Oh, you did! It, I was uncomfortable the entire. Flight. This is how I would yeah. describe my entire professional life. <laughs> <laughs> general state, a, a of, general unease. state <laughs> of unease. Yeah. Um, so I am of the opinion that this movie has some of the best acting that I've seen in a while. The lead, Chris. (laughs) I'm sorry, I tried to ease into it. I tried, Uh, but just like I just want his eyes alone to get an Oscar. (laughs) Also, the rest of him like needs a separate Oscar. But like it was just amazing. The eyes Oscar, of course. Yeah, Yeah. Emmy Award for best eye performance. His eye acting is is like he's got he's got. Meryl Streep and Daniel Day-Lewis up yes. on his face. Yes, yes. Um, for sure. Um, first of all, I can't imagine it with another cast. Like, casting these people who, you know, as you said, they're all fantastic, but they even sort of helped evolve the characters for me mm-hmm. and my understanding of the characters. You know, part of the reason I think Chris and, and Little Rel and, mm. and, and Georgina um, and, and Walter, the, the, the black actors in the movie, feel like that is because we haven't had enough chance to see mm. these actors right. right for a lot of them you know for you know daniel's gotten work with black mirror and sicario this is his first leading role mm-hmm. you you can see by his performance why why has he not been the lead of a it's movie insane. so far he's, he's a star he's excellent mm-hmm. so i think i think part of it is like because of the institutionalized racism in hollywood mm-hmm. for a lot of these people it's kind of the first time we're we're seeing them they they are they get to embody the roles maybe a little bit more iconically. Mm. I think that might be it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, was, it was one of these fascinating things. It's like, okay, I'm making this movie. We're going to make this movie. All right, now I just need like the the, the 26-year-old black leading man. Mm-hmm. And okay, there's 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 two. Who are they even? I mean, Michael B. Jordan? Michael B. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's mm-hmm. like the first guy I thought of. And and then like kind of hard pressed to find another guy who who um, would who would be considered like this person can open a movie hmm. in this industry. I mean, you got Chad Bozeman is uh, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Black you Panther. know, Black Panther. Donald Glover is, is oh, great. Yes, I mean, yes. he's also he's just, friend of Atlanta. Is also in this oh, movie. Lakeith Stanfield is in the movie I as well. I love him. Let me tell you. He's so adorable. He's so great. He's, he's giving really, you a young Andre 3000. Yes. He's a, a, a beautiful man. And his character's name is Andre. Yeah. 
Yes. In the movie. I knew it. I seen it. Um, <laughs> also, yeah, he's a fantastic actor, and and he he shows uh, such range. This is your directorial debut. That's right. So how do you get like a performance like that out of Andre? You know, my whole philosophy as a director is every actor gets their dream process if I can. Because everybody, every actor works differently. Every actor has a different method. You know, you've got someone like Allison who's um, very uh, type A personality. She's very exact. She's very precise. She wants to understand every line thoroughly. Mm-hmm. And then you have someone like Daniel who's like, well, just, um, you know, let me, let me, um, I'll, I'll, I'll just be in the moment and react. You know? that would be, that's me as an actor. That's you as an actor. Yeah. <laughs> Lots um, to memorize. Oh, let me just, let me just feel like I'll, I'll, I'll just feel. And then you got little Rel who it's like, okay, Rel, just give me, say it 10 different ways. And just have fun. Mm -hmm. And you just take the funniest thing. So, you know, a a real thing for me was, like, just figuring out how each actor works. Mm -hmm. And then with someone like Betty, who is, you know, a trained dancer as well. You know, her, and she has probably what I consider one of the greatest scenes in in horror film history in this movie. She played uh, Georgina. And, and, uh, yeah, I think you know the scene I'm talking about where she, you know, comes into the room. and she. Just Mm-mm. performs this creepy, like, Stepford needs the help. I was nearly on the floor. You know how, like, you just sink down and mm-hmm. just so low? Yeah. I was just like, I just want this to be over. And yeah. This <laughs> so good. So, so, so good. uncomfortable. But, like, yeah. in, within within about 30 seconds, she she acts the entire premise mm. of the movie. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's one of my favorite moments. One of the things that fucked me up the most in this movie <laughs> is when old girl was having some cereal. She takes a Fruit Loop. Old girl is Allison Williams. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know you. Old girl takes a Fruit Loop, bites it in half, puts it back down. Mm-hmm. Takes exactly three sips of her milk. Were you like Allison Williams? Three exact sips I of the milk. Get through yes. this. <laughs> really? Like, that came nope. from your brain. I can't. Yeah, it's like nope. You got to eat the Fruit Loops t- in two bites. <laughs> And the milk like a be monster. <laughs> what yeah. is wrong with you? How did you do that? It's so so weird. Why is milk so creepy? I don't exactly. It I mean this so this creepy. whole this the, this whole scene one of my favorite scenes in the movie because of this reason it's like first of all she's she's like this weird stunted growth where she's like you know eating her like comfort food from when right. she was a kid yeah. and she has this weird. OCD precise way of doing things where you're mm-hmm. like I don't I don't know this bitch this is <laughs> but I do I kind of do something's but off. but something's off it, it was uh, uh it was one and that that was a scene that you know I I added only 2 days before we shot it what? so it wasn't in the original script what what was happening in your life where you're like I had the fruit loops yeah I was like <laughs> I got some fruit loops issues we got to talk about it yeah society yeah I mean, and then, like, you know, people have pointed out weird things like, you know, hey, like, oh, I get it. She's like, she keeps the, the, the colored separated from the white. So I'm like, no, that's not where <laughs> I was reaching, going. But, but okay. But I like it. And um, <laughs> I will, I will adopt. <laughs> I was never prepared. My favorite thing is when white people think they're saying people of color and they say coloreds. Yeah. <laughs> I feel weird when, when people say blacks. Yeah. yeah. Like, like that's that's oh, a nor- blacks with an S. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's a, that's like a your normal... man's your little Mr. Little President yeah. <laughs> is a fan of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not even like it's not even technically an uh an offensive one. Right. It's just grammatically like, sort just, of odd. Yeah, it just feels like Yeah. Blacks. It feels so offhand and like. It's like he knows people. a family called the Blacks. <laughs> <laughs> and those the blacks. are the black people he's talking yeah. about. Well, All black people instinctively know not to trust a white person who refers to black people as black. Yeah, or, or the, the blacks. The blacks. Yeah. yeah. Which they is say why the I like blacks. To they call got them bodies them in their basement. The whites. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. I love returning favors, white people. Yeah. 
that's 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 kind of what this movie is. Sort of <laughs> Just returning, returning some favors. Returning some favors. <laughs> so we want to talk about the ending. We okay. don't want to spoil it for our listeners. Mm-hmm. So, listener. This is for the people who have seen the movie. So the ending. A little birdie has told me yeah. that there is an alternate ending in which the cops actually come at the end. He gets locked up and taken away for slaughtering an entire family of white people and you just know <laughs> he's never getting out, right? If he doesn't get like shot and then in there on the spot. Mm-hmm. How did audiences respond to that ending versus the one that's going to be in theaters? And which do you prefer? Um, I prefer the one that's in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, there were was, there was several endings of this movie. So, hmm. Several of them were, you know, pretty... Dark. What do you do when you have several endings? Like, why did you even write more than one? Mm, I was trying to figure out what the best one was, really. And, 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 you know, in the beginning, you know, when I first was making this movie, the idea was, okay, we're in this post-racial world, Mm -hmm. apparently. Like, that was the whole idea. And people were saying, like, okay, we got Obama, so racism is over. Let's not talk (laughs) about it. Yeah, it's cool. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. So that was, that's what the movie was meant to address. It's about Mm. to be like, okay, but look. You recognize this interaction, right? Mm-hmm. You recognize this interaction. These are all clues, if you don't already know, that racism isn't over. <laughs> um, by the time we were shooting this film, mm-hmm. it was a much more woke time. What when do you was, mean? When was it? It, it was the past couple of years. So this oh, was see, after, see. you know, the, the murder of Trayvon and, and Mike Brown and all these other incidents come to the public discussion. So you began working on this at the beginning of the Obama presidency. So that's when I that's when I began uh, thinking about it, writing it, coming mm. up with the the idea. And, and so the the ending in that era mm. was meant to say, look, you you think there's you think race isn't an issue? Well, mm. at the end, we all know this is how this movie would end right here. Right. The right. fact that that rings true is is the point of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time we were shooting it, we as a society were confronting that truth in a different way, in a more woke way, mm-hmm. and um, it was very clear that like the ending needed to transform into something that gives us a hero, that gives us an escape, yeah. gives us a positive feeling when mm-hmm. we leave this movie. And a break. And a, we are and going a break. Through it. <laughs> yeah. That's right. There's nothing more satisfying than than seeing the audience go crazy. Yeah. When uh when Rod shows up. So this is one of my favorite things to do on the show. Okay. This is our rapid fire question segment called Pew Pew Pew. Pew Pew Pew. Pew Pew Pew. There rapid. you go. Yeah. All rapid right. fire. Let's let's ask you some weird ass questions. Okay. Okay. What does your childhood smell like? Mm. Uh, Skittles and rain. Really? Yeah. That's really cute. <laughs> Sorry. Was, yeah, I was just like, that was yeah, really it's like I'm beautiful. Gonna, yeah, hey. Poetry. You know, that's that's the, the two of my favorite things. Okay, okay. Was there a moment you ever rebelled with your white mom? Be like, white mom, you don't get me. <laughs> Did you call her white mom? First white, white mom. White mother. Where's, where's, where's black mom? I know she's out there somewhere. White mother. You do not understand. <laughs> no, you know, I didn't have any sort of like racial rebellion um, in, in, in any way. I, I, you know, I had the normal high school sure. like angst. angst thing for a bit. But I was, you know, mama's boy. I was pretty... Aww. I'm pretty much, uh, and she did, you know, she did a real good job. (laughs) She did real good. That's my opinion. She did good. good. Big fan. Speaking of mamas, you're about to have a baby. Mm -hmm. You're going to be a mom. 
Yeah. Can men have it all? <laughs> are you worried about this? Is the this is the part of the interview where if you were a woman, we'd be like, how the fuck are you going to take care of this shit? Yeah. <laughs> are you like, pro- like, are you aged out of like certain roles now? I know there's a lot. Can you afford childcare? Yeah. What's the child going to think of you? I mean, the good thing is I'm like, I'm aged out of roles, so I can, <laughs> I can spend a little extra time home. Mm-hmm. Um, it is crazy. I can't, I can't believe it. This is your first? It's my first. Do yeah. you need a babysitter? Yes. We're looking for a podcast baby. We're looking for a baby. Yeah, well, I'll just bring the child here. <laughs> the child. Um, y'all can do some pew, pew, pew. Yes! So let's do some would you rather. So you're a woman in this situation. Mm-hmm. Hey, girl. <laughs> hey, girl. Hi. Hi, you guys. Would you rather <laughs> go on a date with a man who has a pickup truck but no need for it <laughs> or a man who has five cats? Oh, At I least thought, five. Cats. I thought you were gonna say, or man who has need for a pickup truck but no truck. Oh no no no! Mm. No, or five easy. cats, or so man with pickup truck with no need for it, or mm-hmm. man with five cats. Which is more ominous? Really, is the question. Um, Tracy, yeah, Jordan, great, how are we feeling? Great, great, uh, great question. <laughs> mm, I would say that um, personally Wait. for me. Wait, hey, we, Megan. Haven't, we haven't been introduced. Who, who is this? Hi, I'm Megan. Oh, my Megan. God. Megan's here. Nice to meet you guys. Oh, my God. Um, this so... is Allison Williams' best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Allie. I've met a man with a pickup truck with five cats in the back. No. And let me tell you, ladies, <laughs> he, he was good. Oh. oh. He was good. Really? So do you think that it's something about the pickup truck that made him good? Or was it the no. cats? Or was it the, like just a man? You just want a, you want a guy who can just knows how to haul that pussy off. That's so you, Wow. Do you approve? I can't believe do you I approve? didn't that was, see that coming. Excellent. You set, I feel you, like I set it up. You, you, you it was a it up. layup. It was uh, a layup. And then I was just like, yes. I saw nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you rather vote for the presidency of the United States? Rachel Dolezal. Ooh. Or Omarosa. Ooh. Rachel Dolezal. What? In a second. Wait, why? Talk to me. You thought um, about that in like two seconds. Yeah. I think um, Rachel Dolezal has spent her life trying to do good things. <laughs> she has. Trying. She's been. Has she? She's been. I think so. Working at the NAACP. She's been working okay. for black people. <laughs> uh, Amarosa's been like, working against black people is how I feel. I will never get over the footage of her being like, he has a hit list. <laughs> Everyone's on it. He's oh, yeah, Amarosa, right? Amarosa. Yeah, she's like threatening. He's, he's got people out there like yeah. pulling like Girl. a, you don't want him on your bad side. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is this mob Seriously, shit? She Kelly pulled Ann's that done shit. that shit. Yeah, she's mean mugging in these streets. No, she's mm. mean mugging she's in out these here. streets. She's, I don't, I do not accept Amarosa. This is stressing me out. So I want to <laughs> talk about Reginald Vale Johnson because Ooh. Um, we recently discovered his Twitter feed. Yeah. It's yep. so golden. It's just so good and pure. And I feel like everything that is like right in the world is yeah. on for his those who feed. don't know, Tracy. Who that? Who this? First of all, if you don't who know, this how man? dare you? Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> Reginald Vale Johnson was Carl in the hit sitcom Family Matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just a joy and a delight. A and so you, during Key and Peel, had a Family Matters sketch where you played Reginald Vale Johnson. Mm-hmm. I just want to, <laughs> like, I just want to hear you very briefly just talk about the magic of Reginald Vale Johnson. Well, <laughs> Reginald Vale Johnson is one of the most amazing celebrities of all time. First of all, there was, there was a death scare 
a couple of weeks ago, like a oh, rumor shit. got out that he passed away. You know, Twitter's always trying to kill people. Twitter, and <laughs> and, that, and that, people. that was my favorite tweet he put out. He was like, yeah, t- Twitter's trying to kill me out here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, Reginald. I mean, the, one of the things that's amazing for, about him is like the first 90 um, percent of his career, he only was, he would only play. Pe- Niggas in uniform. Really? He's a cop yeah. or a doorman. Huh. And, and I've only I, seen him as a cop. He's only been a cop, only doorman. A yeah. He's in, he's in Ghostbusters. He's in Family Matters. He's in Die Hard as cops. Oh, um, shit. He, he's got, he's in a uniform and, and Croc Dundee. It's like they can only stay <laughs> this <song. laughs> Even in Crocodile Dundee. He's in Crocodile Dundee. Um, Hollywood saw him in the in this uh, in this box, uh-huh. and um, and so he's just he's a special character actor for that for that reason. Can I just read a couple of his tweets? No. Really yes, happy. please. please. That, do we have time? Can I do mm-hmm. this? These are real tweets from Harry Johnson. <laughs> Way to go, Carl. <laughs> they were so mean to Carl. They blame Carl for everything. Yeah. Earthquake outside. Way to go, Carl. Mm-hmm. Carl, like, can yeah. I live? Eddie. <laughs> Little Richie. <laughs> Grandma, Laura, Steve. That's, I could just that whole that whole show was just like them calling each other's names out. That's when it. I don't, when I have to... Real tweets from Reginald Bell Johnson's Twitter page. <laughs> I love this. And I read whenever I hear the term pirate radio station, I imagine a parrot DJ Mm-mm. playing the last millennium's hottest sea shanties, and I start giggling. Shanties. He, he's dumb. He's dumb. In the best way. He's dumb. One more tweet. Yeah. Let's all be completely honest and sincere with one another today. These foolish tricks need to stop. <laughs> Hashtag April Truth Day. Mm. <laughs> Carl. He too grown for foolish games. He is, he is so foolish. <laughs> he's so funny. You know, the, the thing that, that that sketch that we did was about was like, the, I don't know if you guys remember, like the last couple of years... Of Family Matters was like so off the rails, esoteric. Like oh, they were was just... this when they like uh, went into a spaceship and then he came out like Urkel? Yeah, Steve, Steve <gasps> Stefan Urkel. I was so in love. Yeah, with like Stefan Urkel. It oh went my from God, that I is can't. so funny. I, that is it? weird. I, like I think every that... black girl that was no. my age, everybody was in love with. No. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't one of those things. It was not. It was not one of those things. Everybody, everybody was like, mm, mm, mm. You see him when, when Jaleel put on that uh, yeah. Stefan. When he had that three X suit on. No. <laughs> it wasn't like With that. With the tie going all the that's way down to the you. kneecap. Yes. No. It was. I swear. <laughs> oh my god, that's where Donald Trump got it. <laughs> but that that those those last seasons were like it was like it was the Twilight Zone. Mm. I mean, there there was an episode where Steve built a shrinking ray. And he struck Carl and himself down into oh little gosh. people, and they were like sleeping in, uh, like a, a, <laughs> in, in, a, in sandwich bread. <laughs> they slept in white bread like a sandwich. Oh, sandwich bread is so fluffy. That make an excellent. Day. And then yeah, what? The very next episode, they were on a pirate ship. No, okay. no kidding. I believe it. They did jump yeah. a, a several. They went back in time. Yeah. Um. So, uh, we have a question. I'm not good at easing into things seamlessly. <laughs> but Chappelle, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's good with you and Chappelle? He seems to feel a way about uh, Key and Peele. You know, this is. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because I just want to say, you know, 
you know, Chappelle has, he, yeah, he's, he's, um, you know, his joke uh, about Key and Peele is like, hey, you know, hey, funny guys, I like that show. I like that. I watched mm. that. You know, where'd you guys, where'd y'all come up with that? I know, because <laughs> I did it first. <laughs> Something like that, right? Okay. Right. Okay. So he's, 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 he's done that joke a couple of times, and like, I always get these tweets of like, oh, your boy's talking <laughs> about you. What's going you? on? He's he coming, coming for you. For you. Um, you know, we've been contacted by Chappelle. He he, he sent out a, a an olive branch when he was doing SNL uh, to oh, come shit. do a sketch with him. My my understanding is that it was all a joke. He he's a fan. And uh, okay, why didn't you we, do the sketch? I, I was shooting this movie. Mm. Oh, too busy. This movie. Too busy. Too doing busy to do it. Stuff. You know, but, I um, got a job. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, you know, I think it's you know when you when you sort of look back, it's a really pretty harmless joke. Yeah, and, and and I think you know, it's people that want there to be beef. That yeah. are just kind of like spinning it up and, and and munching on it. I mean, the truth is, like, you know, most of us comedians are fans of each other. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I think it's that thing of when, like, you know how you work at a company, right? And you have to be friends with all the black people because it's only three of y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you get enough black people to dislike another black person. Like, oh, I'm rare, rare. rare. Leroy. Yes. yes. Me and Leon's Cooper. Leroy. Yeah, Leroy. He's like a Bobo Leon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bobo Leon. So I wonder if like people just assume that like you know right. the industry is so small. And there's only so many black people, and like there's no. Way it is true be that like there's a... generally only been enough room for one. Yeah. As far, for like one show to be popping at the time. Up, yeah. Comedians, you know that's mm. that definitely. So I seems can to be... see that narrative being put on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We were concerned because yeah. I would love for you all to make a movie together. Right. I would, I would love that too. And also I'm, I'm like such... cast me in it. And you want to be in there too? Okay. Well, <laughs> if we can, you guys we can have talk like a that. cameo where you're on a, like a random podcast that's really popping. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That's how, that's how we would do it. You guys have played yourself. Let's do another round with Schmevin and Schmacy. I'm Schmevin, obviously. I'm Schmacy. Now we're gonna have a round of Schmuse. <laughs> well, uh, Mr. Peel, it appears that your publicists are standing up and inching towards the door, so we should let you mm-hmm, go mm-hmm, before okay. we get in trouble. Um, yeah. Thank you for stopping by. Another round with Schmevin and Schmacy. Guys, thanks. Uh, thanks, Mew. <laughs> where can people find you in, in your work? Are you, like, promoting something right now? I'm, so I'm promoting Get Out, my directorial debut. It's a film I'm very proud of. It's mm-hmm. a social thriller. It's done come out. So <laughs> It's done come out, y'all. It been out. So you guys know. What's I mean, it, it changed the, the face of what was imaginable in a box <laughs> yeah. office. Uh, yeah. And um, now horror is just like this completely Now horror thing. is a different thing. So I really don't need to promote it anymore. It really is a thing. <laughs> you just, you know what? Just hanging out. Light flex. <laughs> Shooting the shit. You know. Jordan yeah. Peele, thank you so much. Please come back again. I will. Yay. I love you guys. Come back. Ah. Oh, man, I'm so excited for my round. Ooh, Tracy! Mm-hmm. Who are you running around for? I think you're really going to enjoy this round overall, but you're going to be a little frustrated oh, that I'm my. just now buying around for it. <laughs> what is it? So here's the thing that you may not know about me. <laughs> I tend to ignore things that are very popular in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. So when people are just like, oh, Is this my about gosh. Drake? No. <laughs> I'm trying to ignore Drake for the rest of my life. Um, but yeah, like when people are just like, like when there's like a, I don't want to say bandwagon because I don't want, I don't want it to um, devalue anyone's fandom, you know? Okay. So well, not, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? I just like, I just tend to, I get tired of hearing people talk about like the hot new thing. So I won't engage with a new thing until they're not th- talking about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, part of, part of that is because I'm a fucking curmudgeon, and I'm just like, kid, man, this isn't music. What the fuck? Perhaps one might say you're a hater. 
accurate. <laughs> you Got know him. What? I, <laughs> I know who I am and what I bring to the table. I, I do self-identify as a hater. Okay. Um. So recently, I mm-hmm. was like, okay, enough time has passed between this album coming out and everybody's like hype over it mm-hmm. dying down. So mm-hmm. I can now get into it. Thoughts. It has changed my motherfucking life. What is it? It is an album by the name of Anti by one Rihanna. Yeah. Wait, that album is so dope. I'm so glad. It's so good. And like I was trying to describe to somebody why I like it so much and how it makes me feel. And so I was like, um, so fingernails, fingernail polish. You and I have some killer manicures right now, I have to say. Heaven's got a nice little deep purple thing happening. Hey girl, hi. I got like a pink, like I see with your pastel. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I see spring, spring is coming. We mm, trying to get mm. in the Um, but I pick my fingernail colors according to moods that I'm in or moods that I want to be in, right? Ooh. So right now I have like a I don't want to call it nude because this is not everybody's nude. It's mm. a very natural mm. it's shade. Funny of how like... you be that thoughtful about it because <laughs> it's not everyone's nude. And it wasn't hard. <laughs> Being thoughtful just now happened really easily. Not that hard. <laughs> it's called effort. Um, and I picked this color when I want to feel kind of like chic and like put together because I Ooh. feel like it's a very fashion forward color. You I know, I see you. I seen it. And you know, I'm still trying to get the whole fashion thing down, but I can at least dress my nails nicely, right? Um, red nail polish. If you see me with red nail polish, it means I'm trying to get pregnant. So cross the street. Don't Ooh. talk to me. Hide your adult hide your sons kids, your and your husbands. <laughs> um, but if I'm if I have black nail polish on, it just means like, listen, we're about to fight. I'm I'm having this conversation with you right now, sir, but I'm daydreaming about like punching you, killing you right in the face. And it makes me feel like, you know, do you want to punch a Nazi? <laughs> yes. That is my <laughs> black polish is what it makes me want to do. And like it makes me think of like women in bar- like dive bars with like mm. beer bottles and like smoking cigarettes and like studs. I love the leather coats and shit. That's how anti makes me feel. Mm. Listen, I just be in my living room with like a little <laughs> glass of something brown. And, like, I, I'm sure As Rihanna would want it. As she would want it. And I'm sure everybody does this, but, like, you kind of, like, re- you imagine the video in your head. Like, yes. if you were in the video right now, like, what would you be doing? And so I like to stare wistfully out over <laughs> my street in Brooklyn. <laughs> and I just kind of, like, grimace a little bit. Like, mm, mm. And she's like, didn't I tell you that I was a savage? Hey, and I'm just like. She sure I told him. I told him I was a savage. But look, and there's nobody there. I don't know. It just, <laughs> it just makes me feel powerful and invincible and just just badass i just want to i wish i was cooler if i was cooler i would be rihanna i I think think i think if you had more money you'd be rihanna yeah (laughs) i love that album right it's so good and the only song i skip is work oh because it was super played out it's just too much Mm. it's played out yeah i feel you i feel you sass with me so amazing That She'd be doing a lot. Beautiful. I really like um, the song where she's kind of screechy a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. It's so good. You like my fire. I really like her like uh, kind of like stoner anthems. Yeah. That are clearly not like really well polished. Yeah. Like that's not the point. No. Let's smoke a I would say melodically it's could have gone differently. But I'm, but I'm here for it anyway. Yeah. I will still screech along with you in my living room as I look wistfully yes, over my Brooklyn street. Rihanna, if you're listening, please. Oh, my gosh. Smoke a blunt with us. Oh, my. That's <laughs> got emotional. Can you imagine having I and Tracy hang out with Rihanna for like two hours? I know. Changed. Life's changed. 
That's my round. Who or what is your round for? So have I told you all about the Marie Kondo book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up? Mm, I think you have mentioned this before. I and sure have. we use the title for um, the title of our episode with Rachel Wilkerson Miller. Who will actually change your life. Absolutely. Life-Changing Magic of Rachel. Of listening to Rachel. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Facts. Facts. Um but I've been recently applying the principles of that book to other areas of my life because really? I found it to be very useful. You mean other areas aside from tidying up? Aside from tidying up. So Marie Kondo is specifically talking about tidying up your home, mm-hmm. your closet, your storage spaces, etc. Right. Physical surfaces and rooms. Yes. Okay. I would like to apply this language and this logic to white people. Ooh. <laughs> so the life-changing magic of tidying up your white people? Tidying up your whites. Wow. <laughs> your whites. Will you allow it? I do believe I will. Yes. The judges say yes. Okay. So let's just like go through some quotes from the book and then yeah. just add white people to them. Oh See what God. happens. I'm so excited <laughs> for this. Okay. Keep only those things that speak to your heart already. Keep only the white people that speak <laughs> to your heart. <laughs> By doing this, you can reset your life and embark on a new lifestyle. Wow. Here's a different comment from the book. Mm-hmm. The question of what you want to own is actually the question of how you want to live your life. Mm. The question of what kind of white people you want in your life is actually the question of how you want to live your life. Wow. So, like, how would you apply this as, like, a rule or a function for your life? So one of the main takeaways from the book is that she's like, if if it does not bring you joy, if Mm -hmm. it is not useful to you, Mm. why is it in your life? It may have at one point served a purpose. Yeah, yeah. The purpose may may no longer be existing. Yeah, you outgrow things in white people all the time. You aggro things and white people at <laughs> all the time. <laughs> that is my main argument. Mm. You aggro whites. Mm-hmm. And I think Donald Trump has brought out some of all of our spring cleaning. Ooh. Like, well, is this useful of an assumption? Does is it this bring a me useful joy? thing in my life? Is it functional? Is it functional in any way? Mm. Is it making my life easier or more difficult? Mm. Mm. Just some basic questions, some yeah. basic reflecting on the items around you and the people around you. Wow. Wow. Also, can I also apply this to men? Absolutely. I got so many of them to throw out, girl. Just <laughs> laying around. Does this sweater bring you joy? Does this man? Does Michael? <laughs> throw him out. What he doing for you? He stretched out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's another example. I think a lot of it is also the importance of the book is thinking about the present tense. Mm. It talks a lot about like the things we've stored in a past life and mm. like the things we imagine for a future life. But what are you doing in the present life for these items in your life? Is like mm. kind of the books interrogation like stay in stay in present Mm -hmm. okay so one of the things she says is no matter how wonderful things used to be we cannot live in the past oh my god the joy and excitement we feel here and now are more important drag me okay (laughs) drag me drag your racial drama (laughs) drag the whites you don't need in your life What kind of read is this book is it entertaining is it slow is it long is it laborious very quick read that is meant to give you equip you with the tools to sort of like uh, go through your everyday life 
all the time. It's not meant mm-hmm. to be like a, a once in a moment experience. It's like constant reflection. Right. A constant reorientation about like what are the things that are useful in your life. So is it something that you revisit regularly? It actually kind of is. Hmm. I also revisit frequently what white people are useful <laughs> Let's not lose track of the point. You're right. You're right. The life-changing magic of tidying up. In your parentheses, your whites. <laughs> yes. I'm going to check your it out. Your collards, your whites. <laughs> your men's. You ready for credits? Credits. Credits. Thank you to Jordan Peele. Hey. Uh, you can find him on all the things, social media, at Jordan Peele. That's P-E-E-L with an extra E on it because he fancy. He fancy. Also, check out Get Out, the movie. It's so... Talk to us about it. It just makes me frustrated how good it is. Watch it. Send us a photo of your little friend group. Yeah, tweet us. Exploring your little racial anxieties. (laughs) As friend groups are wont to do. (laughs) Do that. Yes. Shout out to the pod. This episode was produced by Nina Patak and Julia Ferlin with editorial oversight from Eleanor Kagan and Meg Kramer. Music by one Jean Grey. You can find her on Twitter at Jean Greasy. And Don Will of the rap group Tanya Morgan. You can find him at Don Will. You can follow Heaven at Heaven Rants because that's what she was doing. Mm-hmm. And she looked like an angel from the sky. Aww. Oh, your name is Heaven. Did it hurt? Stomp. When Stop. You- <laughs> <laughs> when you come from heaven. Stop. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at Brokey McPoverty. You know what? Today I was brushing my teeth and I decided that once I am, once I have like a tiny bit of money, mm-hmm. but I can't really change my name to Richie Von Moneyheimer yet, mm-hmm. I'm just going to change it to FKA Brokey. Aw. Isn't that good? <laughs> Thanks. I did it all by myself. <laughs> Email us, Twitter us, Facebook us. <laughs> Nothing Why is that so funny? Things. I don't know. I yeah, girl. <laughs> um, rate us on iTunes because word of mouth is how podcasts find new homes and owners and lovers. That came out weird. Secret love. Hey, that's, that's what we are. are. Trying so hard to hide the way we feel about whites. <laughs> you just gotta add about add about to everything. <laughs> Subscribe to our newsletter. It is bomb. Uh, Buzzfeed.com slash another round slash newsletter. Drink some water. Take your meds. Call your person. Mm. Also, if you were just like struggling and you don't know why, it's okay. It's okay. I've had a really tough week. Mm. Like I felt like I've been like I fucked up my medicine, but I haven't. Like I I've have been, actually fucked up my medicine this week. Been there. <laughs> but it's so disorienting to know mm-hmm. that you've done everything right and you still feel like shit. It's also hard to fight your brain. Ugh. It's like, yo, I I am the thing I'm fighting. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's crazy. So if you've had a week like this, don't focus on the shitty week that you had. Focus on the fact that it's over and it's over because you did that shit You again, did that. Even though you didn't think you was going to make it through. Guess what your ass did? Mm. Made it all the way to fuck through. Mm. And I knew you could because you've been doing it your whole life. Mm. <laughs> go cry now. <laughs> Fun part of the Heaven's going to go cry. I'm going to go pee because I've had to do that for the last 10 minutes. Since and um, we love you. Please come back.
Daddy, would you like some? 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 Daddy, would you? Daddy, would you? Daddy, would you? Daddy, would you like some? I'm just gonna completely ignore that.